Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I wanted to go out there and pitch as well as I can and feed off their energy as much as I I could. Um, You know, but... You know, this is a kick in the balls. Um, look, you put, you sacrifice everything in your life to be able to go out there. You push through every injury. You put, you know, guys are playing through injuries. You know, we make so many sacrifices. All the training you know, that you do uh, you, for these moments, uh, to, you know, to get to the postseason, and it doesn't work out. It's the worst day of the year. This sports is so, uh, um, you know. Uh, gratifying and so many great things happen it's just cruel too at times like this because I feel for the players because they put so much into it and we're such a special group you know it's like I just told them you know it's not always fair you know I don't think I've ever had such a good blend of good people and good players and it really creates a bond that you hate to see them not get what you know everybody thinks they deserve it this time of year you know I've been there with them every step of the way and seeing what they put into it and how much they cared. So, you know, they're a very easy group to pull for, you know, as a fan, as a coach, as a manager, as a teammate. And uh, I just feel that, that for them, you know, it's it's not something that's it, sharp either. It's, it's like a dull, you know, it's not going to go away. But uh, in a lot of ways, you, you hope it's a, a stepping stone and it drives you in the off season. I know it will me and and Billy and and uh, I know the players you know hopefully we can gain something from the pain it was uh but you know it's one of those things you can't do anything but say it was self-inflicted it's not like uh you know there you get you know you you seek your level and we're not going to be able to to continue to play but uh, I think I feel for the players and their families and the fans that uh, were so supportive and uh I think that's what I, I take. The dis, biggest disappointment I take is for the players and the fans and, and the organization. There's so many people that, you know, give so much to it, trying to get to the to the last step, and it's so difficult. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, – but like I said, I, 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 everyone feels that way this time of year, the 10 teams play in. That, you know, it's, it's such a roll of the dice, and, and – October, but you know we just didn't do much with the bats tonight. All 
all day long about the, the schedule after they played the Dodgers and it opened up and they had to just the loss in Atlanta and then the loss this series. It's terrible, but being so close to the clubhouse, so closely removed from being in there, we knew these guys had a special special group and a special chemistry, chemistry like Todd talked about. This is gonna eat at them. This will be something that they talk about for their whole lives. They, the, some of the guys, this might be their favorite season they ever had. This is gonna be hard for them to say goodbye. You're with these guys for seven straight months. You know, even with the, with the truncated season with the lockout, these guys came together quick. They showed who they were, their, their DNA, the way they went about their, their games, the way they went about their business. Something that was fun. Now, somebody being on this side of things now, watching them go to work every day was special because they did it the right way. They did it fun. They played 27 outs. These guys paid attention. They, they battled at bats. I enjoyed watching them and watching these guys in the clubhouse. You knew that they were feeling something special. So this one's going to eat at them for a while. Like Bassett said, this is going to hurt. This was a team that they thought should win the World Series, could win the World Series. But it's still a game that you have to play. And uh, this one's going to stick. <laughs> It's another edition of the Talking Mets podcast here on this Monday, October the 10th, 2022. Of course, I'm your host, Mike Silva. You can check me out all the time at the TalkingMetsPodcast.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media and you can show an Apple podcast, Spotify, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. If you want to interact with me, Mike Silva at TalkingMetsPodcast.com. No G. Mike Silvat, TalkingMetsPodcast.com, and I want to welcome in the good folks from the fan-sided podcasting network, as well as RisingApple.com. Well, welcome to the wrap-up the 2022 season edition of the Talking Mets Podcast. We're here way too soon, and I've had about oh, almost 24 hours to marinate on what I witnessed on Sunday night as the Mets get shut out, lose the wild card series to the San Diego Padres 6-0, a night that did not have much activity on the offensive end. Had a little bit of juice where Buck Showalter wanted to see if there was some cheating going on there with a member of uh, the Padres, also a former member of the 2017 Astros, and uh, you know bringing up the whole sticky substance debate again, which is still raging on Twitter as I come to you on this Monday night. But um, what I wanted to do... With this show, uh, and I had promised, you know, I'd come after you every game, but I really wanted the the game that takes to marinate coming to you right after when the Mets lose. You got to really hear what everybody says, and I think you heard from Max Scherzer, you heard from Buck Showalter, you heard from Jerry Blevins, who I thought very eloquently gave the outsider kind of former player, but I think the take that all of us were feeling a very mature take from Jerry Blevins. And, you know, I wanted to have a reaction to what happened and kind of a post-modem, modem, post-mortem on the season. And I'm not going to get too deep into the offseason today because I don't think that that's the time and the place, but that'll come pretty shortly. You want to let things kind of play out. You're already hearing some thoughts from the Mets front office. I will tell you this, and I've said this for a long time. 
Um, you want to listen to somebody and get who has a feel of what's going on with the Mets, and it's not edu- it's not opinion dressed up as news or source news. It's Andy Martino. You know, that's all I'll, I'm going to say on that. And I've said that for many years. Like him, don't like him, like the way he reports, like him, don't like him, like that he throws politics into his tweets. I don't care. The guy knows how to, whatever he, whatever sources he has within the Mets organization, they're good. And he gives you the take. And uh, he's very balanced on that. Now, here's how I'm going to start before I get to my point. I wanted to read you this quote. And it's from uh, uh, former baseball commissioner Bart Giamatti, the late Bart Giamatti. And he talked about baseball, and he put it into these words. It is designed to break your heart. The game begins in spring when everything else begins again, and it blossoms in the summer, filling the afternoons and evenings. And then as soon as the chill rains come, it stops and leaves you to face the fall alone. And there is no better quote to describe how I personally feel now that the 2022 Mets are in the history books than that quote today. Because, and to say Jerry Blevins, and I'm going to, you know, maybe I'm going to sound like a homer here. I pride myself on being objective, being the bridge, trying to give you what I believe is my educated uh, opinion and information and knowledge on how the industry works and bridging it with the fan passion. I've always felt I'm the perfect guy to do that because I grew up a Mets fan. I do want to see the team win, but I also want to come to you here, not as a fan show, but as someone that could provide that bridge and be a professional while still having the same passion that comes through in order to give you the best product possible. But I, I've been, look, I felt this team was given a raw deal by the media for years. They did a lot of self-inflicted wounds. There has been a lot of chaos with the ownership change. And we've talked about it, the GMs and multiple GMs and hiring managers, firing managers, managers that didn't even have a chance to manage the team and got fired and get caught up in a scandal that had nothing to do with them. Thumbs down, you know, off the field, sexual misconduct, whatever you want to talk about has gone on the last five years, nothing to do with baseball. And even at this time last year, when we were talking about how nobody wanted to work for the Mets. Nobody wanted the GM job. Nobody wanted to work for Steve Cohen. The Mets were going to become, because they were going to be forced to, this weird analytics uh, you know, extension of .72, Cohen's uh, investment group. All these things that we were talking about, which nothing that you heard at this time last year was leading you to believe that this team could play in the deep end of the pool at any point. In 2022, you were just hoping things get in the right direction. Forget about being 24 wins better than the year before. But right around Thanksgiving, right around when Steven Matz turned down the Mets contract offer, actually maybe a little bit before that when Billy Epler took the job, which was out of left field. You didn't even have him on your bingo card of who you wanted as a GM. And then the brilliant hiring of Buck Showalter a few weeks after. But... Right around when Stephen Matz turned down Steve Cohen's money, right before Thanksgiving. And then they had their Black Friday blitz with Canna and Escobar and Marte. And then surprised everybody a week later by going into the real deep end of the free agent pool by signing Max Scherzer right before the lockout started. Right at that point, and even from the standpoint of when around St. Patty's Day, the lockout was lifted. They brought in Chris Bassett on a trade. And everything the Mets did from that point forward, from when they signed and had their Black Friday spree, 
right after Matt's turned them down, all the way to a couple of weeks ago when they went down to Atlanta with needing one win to win the division was positive news about the Mets. It was the probably the best media coverage that you've ever seen about the Mets. It's the best you felt about the Mets in forever, maybe since the 80s. And that's true. And we've been through some great times in 2015, you know, the 2000 Mets, the 99 Mets, what have you. You probably haven't felt this good about the team since the 80s. However, I think that's why this hurts so bad. And I keep asking myself, why do I feel today the same way I felt after they lost Game 7 in 2006? Because they were far closer to achieving the goal of winning a championship in 2006 than they were this year. They, they were in the wild card round. You know, do I feel worse than when they lost to the Yankees in 2000? No, but it's but it kind of falls into all three. You know, the the, the worst end of the season. I didn't I felt disappointed after the Kansas City series, but it, that was a very fulfilling season. It didn't end up where you wanted it to be, but once you get to the World Series, again, the the playoffs as I've said it, if you don't believe it, you saw it with your own eyes over the last 3 days. The playoffs is a tournament. It's a crapshoot. Why do I feel this way? You know why? Just like what Jerry Blevins said, I fell in love with this team. Everything that I've hoped this team could do and should do, everything that's good about winning, everything that you wanted out of your team, not only did you uh, win, but they were likable guys, they were having fun, they won in a way that was exciting. It wasn't just waiting for the three-run home run. They had elite pitching. They had this closer that had this dominant, maybe best reliever season ever in the history of the Mets. He didn't blow a game in the ninth inning. I mean, he did, but they didn't lose a game when they led after the ninth inning. I mean, he blew a game against Arizona. I think he blew another game, blew a couple of saves over there. But those games, they won. So even when he did blow a save, they won. I mean, they did not have a single heart-wrenching, gut-punch ninth inning loss all year. You can't ask for better than that. They won the second most games in franchise history. Everything, the way the bullpen was managed, everything came up aces. I have to tell you, you probably, in a way, maybe this was expected because the law of averages was that for even the best of teams, something bad's going to happen. And it happened in Atlanta where they couldn't get one game and they lost the division those on that day. And and then a week later, they played the Padres, a team that, you know, as I looked at the matchups, I knew Darvish was tough. I knew Musgrove was tough. I wasn't really a big fan of Snell. I proved to be right on that. But I said, look, that's a three-game set. They've got their big three. They're going to be able to take two out of three. And if I had told you at the beginning of the year, you have six games in, in about a week, and you've got Scherzer, DeGrom, and Bassett, and you know each one is going to get two starts in those six games, and you got to win three of them, you would have signed up for that. You would have signed up for having the two best pitchers over the last five years in a short series. And when that doesn't happen because those guys don't pitch up to their, well, not the back of the baseball card, but their baseball reference page, you got to just say, you know what? It just wasn't meant to be. And it hurts because here we are on October 10th when I really thought we'd be preparing for the LA series and really a series that, I was looking forward to to see how far the Mets could come. And instead, we're doing postmortem. Instead, we're thinking about next year and starting to think about how 
the Mets can keep the band back together. And oh yeah, our friends, the New York media, are doing what they do best, which is gaslighting you, trolling you, and making you feel like complete garbage for clicks. It's their job, but there could be some professionalism when it comes down to it. Now, I'm not here to sugarcoat it. You know, I could feel, and I just gave you kind of the fan point of view. I'm not here to sugarcoat it. We had this conversation about a month ago when Casey Stern, formerly of MLB Network, was on the show. And he had said anything less than getting to the uh, championship series, the NLCS, would be a disappointment. And I didn't really agree with him on that. I thought winning the division, and even if they lost in the division series or lost in the postseason, the progress this team has made in just a short year was enough for me to put a check mark on, yes, this was a good year. I can't say that today. Now, I'm not in the camp of an Evan Roberts who came on WFAN today. I just heard the clip and said it's a complete waste of time. If spending time with a baseball team, unless they win a championship, is a waste of time. Well, guess what? Yankees, best team in the history of baseball, 27 World Series. They've only won a championship in the last 122 years, 22% of the time. So 80% nearly of those seasons. Now, obviously, people around today haven't watched the Yankees since 1900. But 80% of the time, you wasted your time. If that's what this sport is about, this hobby's about, this relationship is about with this team, then I think it's unhealthy for you. And I think you, as a fan, need to rethink that. That's a separate conversation. I'll talk about that in a minute. The season was fun. That's why this hurts. The season was transformative. The Mets now are a team with cash flow. They have some really interesting young offensive prospects. We'll see where those guys go if they stay with the team and are not traded. They have a good group, core group. They have a batting champion. They have a home a guy who could win a home run championship. He certainly had you know, the most RBIs in the league. They've got an elite defensive shortstop who can hit you 25 homers and drive in 100 runs. They may be able to bring back the best closer in the game. They've got two, and let's see if they'll keep both, two of the best starting pitchers in the game over the last five years. they got a great pro and right and a catalyst in Starling Marte. They've got an elite uh, leadoff hitter and run creator. They've had him for a while. Maybe he'll be back. I think he'll be back in Brandon Nimmo. And oh, by the way, if they bring Chris Bassett back, they've still got a pretty good big three. A little bit of age on that, but maybe those guys could bridge the gap over the next two or three years so maybe they could get some younger arms coming up to augment that rotation and pass the baton to the next generation. With that said, losing without giving yourself a chance against the Braves or the Dodgers just... It doesn't make the 101, 101 wins a waste. It doesn't take away from the fun in the season. It just added to the weight of that yoke that we talk about that much more. And this group of guys who came in here on St. Patty's Day with a truncated spring training because of the lockout and threw this thing together, we didn't know how this was going to work. And really from day one in Washington or that first Friday when they had when Lindor gets hit in the head with a pitch and they come out of the dugout and they really started to band together around a guy who had a terrible first year in New York 
and really needed to see that support. From that, I remember that event with Buck charging at the dugout. This team came together and made you happy and exceeded your expectations every night until Atlanta. And because of Atlanta and because of this weekend, there is a good swath of the fan base, and you know the media, that's ready to say, you guys are no different, you guys betrayed me, and that just adds the weight of that yoke that we know this organization has, that I told you, anybody who comes here, who takes on this challenge, whether it be Billy Epler or Buck or Steve Cohen with his billions, or any player that puts the uniform on, has to deal with the fact it's almost like the New York Rangers in 1940. I hate to say it. It's kind of going in that direction. It, it, it's, it's, it's something that until they win a championship, it's always going to be there. And it's going to make their job harder. It's going to make the home field advantage that much less. What a disappointing showing on Sunday night by Mets fans. And, and, and that's just fact. And there is nothing you can do about it. And it will be interesting to see, will Chris Bassett want to sign up for this? Will Jacob deGrom want to sign up for this? Money's going to be out there. And, and, you, and at this point, here's the good news. Steve Cohen is going to make it real hard for you to say no because if they want somebody, they're going to get them because he has the money to do it. It's not about getting creative with payroll anymore. It's not about deferring contracts. It's not about hoping that markets come to them as the longer they wait through the winter, i.e. Yolanis Cespedes. They want someone they could get them. That's a big difference. Makes the yoke more manageable, but the yoke is still there. And the yoke is going to be there till they win another title. Now, the real question is, And I know, I mean, everything Buck has done, the criticism of him is mind-boggling. This is the best manager this organization has had in two decades. And outside of Gil Hodges, Davey Johnson, and Bobby Valentine, he's probably right there. You could argue that he's better than Bobby Valentine. I mean, Bobby was a different character altogether. You could argue that Buck, you know, is right up there with Davey and Gil Hodges. I mean, this is an organization that's 60 years old has had one bad manager after another bad manager after another bad manager. And the guys who may become good managers or guys that have promised, like a Luis Rojas, can't, can't handle the yoke here. And they don't even get a chance because it swallows them up. Will this team, as they come to spring training, assuming that they bring the band back within reason, because I don't think everybody's going to be back, will they embrace this disappointment And use it for fuel for next year. Because now there's expectations. They're no longer a 77-win team who's disappointing and dysfunctional. They're a 100-win team that brought the Braves down to the wire, that is expected to win a title. And if they come back with this group and, and add to it, even if Vegas doesn't like them or the media doesn't want to believe in them, I don't care about that. They're going to be expected by fans to win. The fans will get over this disappointment. When they, when they report pitchers and catchers in Port St. Lucie in February and you've been waiting through a winter of slush and snow and cold and the holidays are over and the January blues have eaten you alive, you're going to want this team to be out on the field and you're going to start counting down the days to spring training and opening day. I guarantee you that. Buck always says play better. 
I would say play better guys, but remember how you felt watching those guys celebrate on City Field. Remember how you felt when all these columns were written on October 10th about how you guys are no different. You know, the whole theme, these Mets, the Mets are trying to distance themselves from some of the failures. Well, you didn't do that. They're lumping you in with those other failed teams. Do you like that? How does that feel? And the journey begins again. Everything is back to zero. It was back to zero in the postseason, like I told you it would be. But now, you know, getting to know you phase and what does this team need and then go get them. It all starts over again. Now, it's a little bit different because we kind of know what this team is. But there's going to be changes. And we also have to see is what they built and who we know they are. Is that going to carry over? And is this core, if it's together, going to learn and grow from that? Mets fans, I want to take a quick break from talking baseball and let you know about the next top prospect in building a smart home. Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is that big time new star prospect. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is a smart lock, a 2K resolution camera, and a doorbell. It's three devices in one, triple the security. You know triples are rare in baseball, but not with Eufy. You can have everything in one device rather than install many pieces on your front door. It's not just for security, but also for convenience. Just the other night, I had tons of packages in the rain. Rather than fumble for my keys, I easily entered my home. This is big since I have four dogs who are impatiently waiting for me at the door. No more concerns about losing keys, and you could assign passwords to your family members. Worried about when your loved ones are getting home? Eufy allows you to see them coming back home via the integrated camera. Hey Mets fans, this is a home run. I had a competitive product before Eufy, and it's the difference between a one-dimensional hitter and a five-tool player. Eufy is that five-tool superstar. Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com to learn more. Already sold? Go to Amazon and get your Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 today. Want to go to the store? Best Buy will have it starting around May 20th. Get complete control over your front door at ease with the Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The bar has been raised. 
And that's a good thing. That's something that I think we're all going to be happy that we're hearing right now. And I'll tell you what. It ain't going to be easy to keep this band together. I'll get into that more in another time, probably on Sunday's show. I'll, I'll talk to you about the schedule in a few. But just take the bullpen and bring Diaz back. I already did some. I you'll be again. You'll be proud of me. I actually put a spreadsheet together because I'm like I'm going to sit here like all these other you know smart people. I love how how people in media and baseball where we have a lot of smart people in the room. Like it's baseball guys. Okay, I could do spreadsheets too. I could run numbers too. By the way, anybody who's in the audience that has some kind of job in middle management or in higher management or even lower management, or even as a bean counter, can do a freaking spreadsheet and figure out arbitration. Okay? It's not rocket science. I know some people like to. I put a spreadsheet together. But the point I'm going to make is, you want to bring this band back together, and forget about the bullpen. Just say Diaz comes back, and May is gone, Lugo is gone, Aravino is gone, Givens is gone. Just that, when you add in the arbitration raises, and signing the big guys like DeGrom, and Nimmo, um, and Diaz, and Bassett, and let's say you bring back Walker and Carrasco. Just bringing those guys back is going to cost Cohen an extra $50 million. You're looking at a $320 to $330 million payroll before you touch the bullpen. And that doesn't include the competitive balance tax. A huge payroll. Now, is he up for it? Well, I'll tell you what. We'll see, but they're going to have to be if they want to continue the momentum. You know, I've seen fans over the weekend, even before game two, after they lost game one, it's time to rebuild. You know what that is? The rebuilds are attractive because there's no pressure. There's no expectations. There's no disappointment. And you just heard me quote Bart Giamatti. This game, it's the theme. It's the title of the show. Baseball is built for disappointment. It's designed to break your heart. Because there's an 80% chance, if you're the New York Yankees, that your fan base is going to go home unhappy. If you're a Mets fan, you've been in the, the league about 60 years, you won two titles, there's a 97% chance that you're going to go home unhappy. And then everybody else falls somewhere in between. So the best case, 80% unhappy. The worst case, 100%. Because there's teams like the Texas Rangers that have never won a title. You're a Mets fan, you're 97% unhappy. Guess what? It's a game of failure. Jeff McNeil had led the league in batting average. He failed over 65% of the time. Even in the second half, when he... Hit out of his mind, hit almost 380. He failed almost, you know, 60% of the time, over 60% of the time. That's the kind of game we're talking about. And that doesn't mean that I'm satisfied or it's okay to lose or it's okay to only get one hit against Joe Musgrove. He was dealing. You know, it's funny, you know, nobody ever says when they say the Mets are this, the Mets are that, the media says the Mets did, did this. They never act. They never factor in. Well, the other team wants to win too. So when Degrom shuts out teams and makes them look foolish, does that team have no heart? Of course, you don't say that. How could you say that? That's Jacob Degrom. Well, they look at it that way too against us. 
But I will tell you what I've seen, and this is really sad, and I know it's a business model, so I get the money. Like I said the other day, when, it's, when, they, when they say it's not about the money, it's always about the money. The fan versus the team divide that the media is creating and, and will continue to create for clicks, Mets for clicks, is going to be enhanced. They want you to hate this team. They want you to believe that this team can never win. They want you to believe that everybody will leave. They are hoping upon hope that Jacob deGrom bolts. Did you see what Jill Sherman asked Lindor? Basically, uh, when asked about the concept of a lost sense of trust between the team and the fan base, remember that, the team and the fan base. Sherman asked that. It's a theme. And Lindor said, I mean, we didn't come through. We didn't finish the way we wanted. The expectation was always to win the World Series, and we didn't do that. We came up short. I appreciate them coming out and supporting us and wanting us to win the World Series to go deep in the postseason. We wanted it as bad as they wanted it. I hope that relationship's not lost. They were here tonight. They supported us. They cheered us on the whole time. This is a very knowledgeable crowd. They know. They know the game. They know it's not easy. They know it's part of the ride. Of course, they want to win just as much as we want to win, but you've got to build from this year and move forward. I haven't been here long enough. I'm sure that's the same speech every single year. But at the end of the day, that's how I feel, and I truly believe this was a step in the right direction. They want a divide. They want you, the, the theme is the Mets haven't earned your trust. Beat them up until they earn it, and we'll get the clicks along the way. They want a divide between the fans and the team and everything the team does. Why? Because that Ajita in their minds is going to keep you coming back. You know how you stop that? You don't sign up for The Athletic and click on Ken Rosenthal's article. Because you know what it's going to say. You could just tell by the headline. You don't click on the New York Post when Jill Sherman trolls you. You don't listen to WFAN when Evan Roberts says, and I like Evan. Big Mets fan. But why do you want to hear that crap? You know what? Me? I got to go through because I got to talk about it on here. I got to feel the pain. But personally, it's not that I just want to read Beds of Roses here. You know, I'm tired of the headline, you know, everything is they're great or they have no heart. It's all all sports. I mean, they were killing the Jets and Giants just a a month ago. Now everybody loves them after, you know, yesterday. Talk to me in two weeks. Tell me how much they love them. Talk to me in January unless they win the Super Bowl. The goal is going to be Mets for clicks, fans versus team. They're putting it together. And you know what? I wouldn't blame a guy like Bassett or DeGrom for saying, "Ah, this is just not for me. Do I need this? I could go make more money elsewhere, pay less taxes, by the way. You know, he goes to Texas. Mets are going to have to, you know, depending on what the contract offer is, you know, it's a far more expensive proposition playing here. I mean, look at the NBA. How many players go out to the West Coast because they have a better, you know, that's not a, a tax thing, just a better lifestyle. You're seeing it all the time. New York is not the same as it used to be. I mean, Bassett said it best that, you, you, you know, you win here, and Buck has said it. He's quoted David Cohn. They're waiting to embrace you, and I agree with that. And it's great when you win here, but the cauldron you got to go through to get there, it's exhausting and unfair. And I'm not asking for it to change, but could we have a little bit of balance? Could we have a little bit of context to what we talk about? And that's what this show's about. This is not a fanboy show. 
I mean, I get criticized all the time. Well, you're being soft in the organization. No, I'm trying to be balanced here. Look, if they screw up, you'll know about it. If they come back next year and they don't sign Bassett, they don't sign Diaz, and they don't sign DeGrom, and they let Carrasco and Walker go, and you're staring down, uh, you know, Drew Smith as your closer and Peterson and McGill as your three and four starters, I ain't going to come on here and say that's a good offseason and they're going to win a championship. I promise you that. So, really, my message to you is this. Don't fall for the bait. This is a different era in Mets baseball. And I'll be the first to say I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked if I hear in 30, 60 days, Steve Cohen doesn't want to expand his payroll. The Mets are going to take a step back. They're going to see how the kids do. And uh, they're going to play this out next year because of the failures that came here, that came through this this season. You think Max Scherzer signed on? Not, you know, and, and he only signed on for a year of this, and he's going to want to sit the next two years and throw to Francisco Alvarez and have Brett Beatty at third and have no closer out there and uh, and have a naked rotation. You think you think he signed up for that? You don't think he asked those questions? You don't think Scott Boris, who's a pretty smart agent, said, hmm, you're not going to have DeGrom in a year. With this. What's your plan there, Steve? By the way, it's not just Steve. You notice they say Steve and Alex Cohen. The wife is as involved. You don't think that has a big impact on these players when she talks to their wives? I know, you know Scherzer even talked about it. You don't think the circles that Cohen runs in have value to these guys off the field? Think about it. These are things the media is not going to tell you because they don't know anything about it because they're still eating peanut butter jelly sandwiches and you know they're the working class you know mindset. That's not what these guys want. These guys want to be rich. Their wives want to be in the charity functions. Okay? When you have access to the society that Stephen Alex Cohen can provide you, that has value. So it's not the same old Mets. The Mets want someone, they'll get them if that player wants to be here. Does that mean everybody? No, we've seen it. Not everybody comes here. And stop with David Stearns. Because last I looked, the Brewers aren't even in the playoffs. I don't know why there's an obsession with David Stearns. Billy Epler's done an outstanding job coming in and, and basically coming in at a point in the offseason where everybody else had a six-week jump, and he had the second-best record in a tie with Atlanta with all of that. I mean, read Joel Sherman's column about how almost it was Javier Baez on this team. Bob Melvin was almost the manager. Aaron Loop was almost coming back. There will be a lot of things that didn't happen. If Baez was resigned, you might not have, you certainly might not have Canna and Marte. You might have a completely, and then I don't even know, and I was all for that because I thought build around Baez and Lindor kind of, you know, thunder and lightning there. I thought it would help Lindor, but, you know, after seeing what, you know, we knew Baez was a risk, but after seeing how Baez played in Detroit, you know, who knows in New York, maybe the energy in New York would have made a difference. I think Baez is an energy player, but think about how different it would have been. He came in and he changed the course and the focus of the offseason on a dime. That's really hard to do. Give him tons of credit. And the thing we also have to remember, and I'll tell you what, when it comes to building teams and it comes to next year, we may have to rethink completely what value certain players have. You know, I know they're in their labs and they're putting their brews together and we'll find out, but there's going to be new bases. I talked to somebody who was down in Instructs uh, last week. He says they look like uh, you know pizza boxes, literally. 
They're huge. They're noticeably huge. There's going to be a pitch clock. When runner's on, you can only throw over a couple of times, so there's going to be some strategy in runner's on. There's not going to be a shift, so what players? I think Josh Bell, who we saw this past weekend, he's one of those players that uh, I think was hurt most by the shift. You know, Joey Gallo's name comes up. I mean, how, maybe Daniel Vogelback all of a sudden is a different player when there's not a shift. Who knows? It's going to be back to baseball in the 80s. Maybe there's, you know, a run on a 100 stolen base guy. Maybe Terrence Gore on the bench makes more sense now. I mean, I think it's a little silly. The hold, I mean, out of all the rules, I think the, the holding the runner on, only being able to throw over twice, you're going to give them a bigger bag and you're only going to let them throw over a couple times. I mean, maybe there's some strategy into that. We'll see how that plays out, but, you know, whatever. But that's the game. That's going to be the game in 2023. So that's going to go into the evaluation. So there might be guys that aren't a fit anymore for the modern game. Just like the game changed with the launch angle and the swing and and certain guys became obsolete really quick. That could happen with the new rules. But, and we'll get to the band at another time, but I think they should bring the band back. I think Steve Cohen should invest in the band. I think the band needs uh, reinforcements. I think it could use more power. Maybe they have that in Alvarez. I think they should look at the bullpen and see if they could bring in another high-leverage arm. I think they certainly need pitching depth, and that's the biggest concern because right now they can't get any of that cost-effective because I don't see a lot of it in the minor leagues, at least from a starting pitching perspective. Maybe there's some interesting bullpen arms. So, you know, how how high can the, the payroll go? Because just bringing the band back, bringing the pitching back, bringing back the Grom doesn't leave you a lot of payroll to go out and sign a DH like Jose Abreu or Josh Bell. Doesn't allow you maybe to bring back majority, if not all, of your bridge to Diaz. But that's another conversation for another day. The yoke is heavier than ever. But the good news is you've got a manager that Fully embraces embraces it. Play better. You've got a team. Well, we'll see. They failed at their first test of the yoke. Let's see how 2023, what 2023 brings. And I think you got a smart GM that, at least for year one, showed under extreme deadline duress, where he came in late. You want to criticize his deadline moves? Well, if some of these young players, they didn't give up, turn out to be good pieces of 2023, which based on what you just heard, $50 million to bring the band back, you're going to need as much cost-effective league minimum players as possible. You think maybe Billy Eplett thought about that on August 2nd? I do. That's why he brought in guys like Vogelback and Ruff, who, by the way, have contracts at a pretty good rate, and maybe they could be your DH again. I know you don't want to hear that, And the funniest part about today is not the fans throwing tantrums. Because, look, I'll quote our friend, listener of the show, Frank Petiani. I hope I said your name right, Frank. I'm ashamed to be a Mets fan today, but not because of the team. I'm proud of what they accomplished this year, and I'm looking forward to what's next. It's this fan base that has me disgusted. It takes it downright awful. 
Well, you know what the worst Frank take is? You have fans who want to fire the manager and the GM. What do you want to do? Every time they don't win every year, you want to bring in a new uh, front office? You think free agents are going to want to play for that team? Yeah, Jacob DeGrom, yeah, just show up, come back. Every time we don't win, uh, we'll just fire everybody and start over. Yeah, I want to play for those guys. Yeah. I mean, come on. Remember the old saying, you can yell at your spouse because you're mad at them, and you have every right to do it. It's a free country. But you're going to pay for that after. And sometimes it gets really expensive what the outcome is there, if you get my drift. The same thing with relationships at work. You have to have simpatico. You have to feel good about who you're working for and the direction of who you're working for. And they finally seem to have it stabilized. Do you understand we're going to actually talk about offseason moves and not a GM search and not a manager search and not a president of baseball operations search and hopefully no off-the-field scandal? I don't have to hear about Sandy Alderson running around trying to figure out who's going to run the baseball operations when Sandy should be, you know, meeting with corporate sponsors. He's finally going to be exiting the premises. He did his job. He got Cohen approved. Goodbye. Goodbye. So that's my message to you. Like Bart Giamatti said, it's designed to break your heart. It broke all our hearts this weekend. But that doesn't mean it wasn't fun. It doesn't mean that it's hopeless. And I will take every bit of those words back. If in 90 to 120 days as we head into the new year, we're sitting here and the Mets haven't signed anybody, they've pared down the payroll, or God forbid these free agents that were theirs decided they don't want to play here, that'll be a whole different conversation, especially if they feel the the, the market's too hot for them. Then I'll change my tune and say, you know what? Now we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. Mets fans, we have a problem. I don't think we're going to be at that point. I'd be shocked. I don't think they're going to sign everybody. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's some drama or two on the free agent front. And I think there could be some opportunities to do something bold. And we will talk about that because I have a couple. I, I got a doozy of an idea, which I think will will probably rankle the fan base a little bit. But I have a couple of doozy of ideas of trades because we talk about free agents, but we talk about trades that that could be very rewarding. I don't know if they're possible, but could could potentially change the dynamic of the team, and we'll get to that another time. But first, we we want to just reflect. I think you all need to take a few days off. I personally am not going to watch any of the Yankees or the Braves or the Phillies or any of the series. I need time away from baseball. I'm burnt out. I mean, part of it is I do this show. I consume all this stuff. I'm really good. As I get older, I'm really good at balancing my life out with this where I know when I've gone too far and I need to step back. I also know how to compartmentalize media and like this is what's important to read. This is too much. You know, I know when I have to get into the the cesspool of Twitter and, and read what the fans say, and I know when it's not productive. Today I had to, and believe me, I wish I didn't. Before I leave you, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for another great season. It is beyond humbling that I could spend typically an hour or so a week giving you my thoughts and opinions, bringing on guests, but the fact that so many of you leave a review, which I always appreciate, good, bad, or indifferent, the more reviews, 
Even if it's a three, a four, a five star, it helps the program grow. The fact that you spend time and look forward to this show means a tremendous amount to me. It is beyond humbling. And I mean that. And I know some people are going to come on and they say that every time. But I hope you hear the sincerity in my voice, how much it means to me. Because when I started this, this is my 15th year. I'm going to be going on 16 years doing some kind of radio. This is my going on seventh year of doing Talking Mets. Many of you followed me from the Metsmerize website after I was after I left in a dispute. And many people, by the way, who are at that website thought I was done once I left that website. And I told them I'm not done. I'm not retiring. And not only has this show thrived, but it's grown. The fact that you can spend time to send me a note, whether you're from the United States, South America, the UK, our friends, all the friends out in the UK, which is an amazing thing to think that the Mets have built a community in the United Kingdom. God bless the king, right, guys? Used to be God bless the queen, God bless the king. Our cousins there. I know we've had differences if you go back in American history, but we're cousins. We're in this together. Um, It means a lot to me. And I want to thank you for a great season. What's the schedule going to be like? Well, it's going to be the weekly show. I I think I'm going to come back to you on Sunday. Uh, I'd like to start prepping for the off-season. I also think... We may need a little time to marinate and rest. You know, we did one show, two shows. I mean, as I promised, I came to you after every broadcast. But we're going to go back right at it. You know, normally I used to take October off after the Mets were eliminated, especially when there was nothing going on. And I think there'll be a week or we'll take off when it gets dead. But really, post-World Series, I mean, this team has work to do. There's really no downtime. It's not the same craziness of managerial searches and GM searches, but... They've got to get out, and they've got to figure out these free agents pretty quickly because if these guys are not an option or they've priced themselves out, they got to pivot and move. And as I look at the free agent list, you know, depending on which segment of the team you're talking about, there's, there's a significant downgrade that you're talking about. You could easily see a 100-win team you know, drop into the wild card muck very quickly. So their works – Billy Epler has his work cut out for him. Steve Cohen has his uh, – He's going to have to pony up some dollars, man. I hope the market's been good to him. I know the market stunk the last six months, but I hope he's found a way around that. And uh, I hope you guys are going to stick around for more Talking Mets in the offseason and into 2023. Because as I talk to you here on this Monday night, it is going to go by. It's going to be Christmas before you know it. And then you and I know once we hit New Year and once it's post-New Year, we're, we're talking like, oh, pitchers and catchers are in like six weeks. Like, it'll, before you know it, we'll be talking about that. You know it. And then in a blink of an eye, it's opening day. And then in a blink of an eye, it's the all-star break. And in a blink of an eye, it's the deadline. In the blink of the eye, it's the players. Like, it's just the way it is. I mean, it seems like yesterday we were talking about Steven Matz turning down the Mets contract. It seems like yesterday we were talking about the Mets winning four out of five against the Braves at City Field. I mean, really, it felt like yesterday. It's crazy. And it was almost two months ago. Time flies. Time flies when you're having fun. And even though the fun ended in a very disappointing way, I had a ton of fun with you guys this year. I really did. And thank you so much. And you could always leave me a message, leave me a note. And if I don't get back to you right away, I promise it will. 
And uh, I hope we can maybe one day have a meetup of some sorts. I'd love to meet some of you guys. I know that, uh, you know, I had an opportunity to meet some of you guys last couple of weeks and I wasn't able to do that. And I apologize, but I'd love to one day. Not that we're the seven line because I don't know if I could bring in that kind of crowd. I'm not that fun. Let's face it. I'm kind of boring. I'm reserved. I like to hang out and chat, you know, that kind of thing. I'm not boisterous or I'm not the foam finger type. Although having a foam trumpet might be fun, right? When Diaz comes out. But uh, I want to thank everybody for everything here in 2022. And, and hopefully more to come and more fun to come in the offseason into 2023. All right. You can check me out all the time at the TalkingMetsPodcast.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media. And you the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. If you want to interact with me, Mike Silva at TalkingMetsPodcast.com. No G. Mike Silva at TalkingMetsPodcast.com. I'm your host, Mike Silva. Enjoy the rest of your week. I'll be back with another Talking Myths podcast soon. Till then, take care, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. 
Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.